Welcome back to the show, folks. Uticast, episode number 62. And today, we are speaking with Draculatron frontman and good friend of the pod, Anthony Bianco, as he prepares for September 10th's downtown get-down performance live from the dev. Uh, plus, we're talking about Colin Kaepernick. We're talking about the VMAs. We're talking about the Emmys. And sadly, uh, we're talking about Gene Wilder, RIP, Willy Wonka. Anyway, episode number 62. Let's do it. I'm psyched. beautiful day it's been really nice actually even ever since last week when i was going off on summer and i had my heel turn it's been nice out uh i'm gonna i'm gonna shock the world right now and i'm gonna say i'm coming with you on the summer heel turn let me tell you why so yesterday i spent all day yesterday out at a roble farms out in bridgewater Mm -hmm. doing the annual hop harvest uh the brewery does and i was out there not really thinking about it slinging beers for the people stuff like that and it wasn't a very hot day it Mm. was breezy but it was definitely sunny and there was rain in the forecast later I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt, didn't think much about sunscreen. Uh-huh. Where I was yep. standing in the booth, I got a terrible sunburn on mm. the backs of my legs. Yeah. So, like, my calves and the pits of my knees, so every time I stand up, that skin is all burnt and tight. So, like, every time I stand and walk, I can feel it. And after that sunburn, I'm with you. Summer is over. Yeah, it's over. No more beautiful uh. days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll say, I'll, I'll give you one positive from this, though. You know, you know, that in a couple days, you're going to have that good tan. That good color. Yeah, I'm going to have good color on the backs of my knees and from <laughs> it's two important. inches above my elbows down. Yeah, but if somebody sees those two inches below your elbows and down, oh, I'm going to I'm, say... I'm look phenomenal with like a yeah. long sleeve button down oh, with the yeah. forearms rolled oh, up man. just a little. It's going to look, look like a star. It's going to be It's going to be great. Pretty much all I got. I have to cut out the backs of all my <laughs> pants just at the knees. <laughs> we went out to Walgreens last night and you're like, uh, you had to get the aloe. Had to get it and put it in the fridge, which is a key move. Could not find it either. Could not find it. Looked everywhere. I was having a tough time because it hurt to like stand and walk because the burn was so fresh. Plus, I'd been out in the sun all day, been throwing kegs around. I was tired. I'm like, this is like torture. Do you feel like your skin's real tight today? That was always the one that gets me with sunburns. I feel like I'm growing like a snake is about to burst through its old skin and shed new skin. No, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's Um, how I feel. I got to tell you, though, I I get so mad at myself every time I get a sunburn because 30 years in being a pasty white Irish kid, I've had my fair share of sunburns and I should should carry Mm. sunblock with me the way some people carry EpiPens. I should be carrying sunblock with me. I should always be ready, because if I'm going to be out in the sun for more than 12 uh, minutes, it's over. Well, that was the sunburn section of the show, folks. Welcome, welcome back. Episode. You're welcome for that content. I no, know you didn't good write content. That. No, I didn't. Episode number 62. Uh, this week, we're talking with Anthony Bianco. He is the front man of Draculatron. He's the front man of Anthony and the Mountain. Is this 62? Yeah, 62. I thought this was 63. No, last week was 61, the asterisk episode. Interesting. I know what the numbers are. I figured you did. Last like, week was Heather. Don't. Heather was Lusky, number sixty-one. This week is number sixty-two. Like a long week last week. It's been a long week. Well, it's been a long week for your boy Famo. For those of you who saw me all over Maiden Utica this week, I was uh, I was a last-minute guest on UC's with Z this week. You so were. Uh, yeah, that was last week. So if you want to check that out, go to UC's with Z on Facebook, or don't because it's been. So far, the lowest rated UCs with Z because I am not the lead singer of Mo or Umphreys McGee or some sort of popular jam band. I'm just 
local nobody Uticast producer Sam Van You certainly, I'll tell you what though, you certainly made up for it with, with words. You had a lot of words. Lot. You were just machine gunning. So you just kept looking at me, giving me like the classic like Parks and Rec looks over at the camera. I'm, Look, you gotta play. Character. You were on. Oh, you were to, on. You're supposed to be on. It's supposed. It's part of the job. Right? Wait, are like, we supposed to have characters right now? The podcast. <laughs> I I subscribe to the theory in life that every interaction you have with anybody, whether it's work, whether it's reality, uh, whether it's just like uh, casual conversation with your buddy, you're always sort of playing some character. You're sort of leaning into whatever you want that person to see, right? Uh, so, yes, there's a character. There's Sam Famolaro, host and producer of the podcast. It's a character. It's a little... It's not Sam Famolaro turned to 11. It's Sam Famolaro turned to, like, seven and two-thirds. Higher than... I don't know. I don't, it's... I'm not going crazy. I'm not, I'm not like I was on UC's with Z where I was crushing cold brew lagers and doing rare squats on the bench. That's true. A lot of rare squats out of you that day. Um, but, yeah, so you can check that out uh, if you'd like to see me make more of a fool of myself than I do when I'm on the podcast regularly. And, of course, um, I've been stressed out because grad school starts this week. <laughs> yeah, grad school. And I got to tell you, I'm very excited, uh, but I'm also having a deep moment where I'm like, I'm 30 years old. Uh-huh. What is the point of me going back to grad school? That's, I got to tell you, you've played this one pretty close to the vest. Very close this to the vest. This is more or less the first that I've heard of it live yeah. on the air. Well, I, I get it. have been lurking around, putting out applications, yeah. talking about writing essays and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, here's the problem for me is, one, it's not that I, the opportunity is so good for me with yeah. the way things are that I can't really say no. Yeah, absolutely. How am I going to say no absolutely. to an opportunity to go back to grad school like this? Right. Uh, that being said, I do have cynical like, it's been a couple of years since I've been in school. Mm-hmm. I don't totally feel super confident that I'm at my top level educationally at this point in time. I'm just, I'm just out of practice. I haven't been cracking the books like I was in 2012. You know what I mean? That's true. So I'm certainly concerned. And I also, I forgot what, how many hoops you have to jump through just to apply for grad school. It's like, all right, you have to show up and take this prerequisite test that takes like an hour on a computer. Yeah. Then you need two letters of recommendation. Who is going to recommend me? I don't even know anybody who can recommend me. I'll write you. Uh, if you've got a letter of recommendation for your boy Sam, you can yeah, send it to Udcast at Gmail. Uh, no, I'll write you a letter of recommendation. Thanks, man. Do they take one from me? I have no standing up there, I don't think. At Ud College? Yeah, I don't think they care. You're, I'll you send them a letter anyway. <laughs> I'll send them a letter. <laughs> I was going to like, have Parkinson send a letter. I'm like, no, no, I'd like to get in. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so I'm a little... I certainly didn't miss all of this. Like, I'll be no. very happy... To, like, get back and start doing work and getting back in class. Certainly not gassed about all the hoops that I'm going to have to jump through. Well, because, I mean, I think what it comes down to is, you know, I don't think grad school is probably what you would have chose to be doing at this current juncture right now. But because you have a unique opportunity yeah. where, you know, it, it really behooves oneself to get back in there. Yeah. I mean, mm. you do have to take the opportunity. Yeah. Whether this is exactly what you want to do right now or not. You'd be dumb to pass down the exactly, exactly, and I, I feel I feel like it's the right move, and I'm excited, but I'm also uh, I think it might be time to get rid of job number three. Might have to go down to just having two jobs. Might have to just be this in the this in in the college based job. Right, right. Might have to get out. Might have to get back out from the waiting industry. Not sure yet. So you just I mean out here just hot taking on Tuesday morning. That's true, man. Look, I I love I. I love working at the restaurant. I think it's pretty obvious if you know me or if you listen to the show which restaurant I work at, uh, you can figure it out. But uh, I certainly have enjoyed being back in the restaurant industry, uh, yeah. especially lately. I gotta be honest. Now that like 
Now that I've been back into a little bit, I sort of look forward to. I've actually no, I've noticed that you've seemed less. There would be like before. I remember when you first started there. Like you'd be, I'd see you after you got out of work sometimes, and there'd be a lot of times you're like, oh, you know, I'm back in this restaurant. Like I can't deal with the grind, and like you were really sort of worn out by jumping back yeah. in. You weren't too stoked. I've noticed that hasn't happened now in probably six weeks, two months no. or so. The last like six restaurant shifts I've worked, I just has been very good. Like I've just been like, okay, yeah. It's yeah. nice to work at a restaurant with a nice environment where you can enjoy being there. Because yeah. I like restaurant work, you know, at its face. But a lot of times it's not what you want it to be when you're in there. Great folks you work with, too. I got, I, I got lucky at this restaurant because everyone there is a consummate professional at all right. times, right? So right. That, that goes a long way. It's not like when I was working at Carmine's in New York City, take a shot, and there were 22 other waiters on at any given time. And it's just such a it's such a cluster that you, you right. never really have a moment to sit down. This is very intimate, very small. I think with a larger staff, too, it's yeah. impossible to have everybody yeah. be great all the time. But that being said, I think it's it's time, once again, that I'm going to have to say goodbye to the wrestling industry one more time and jump back into the world of higher education. The excitement is raging inside Palpable. Me. I Palpable. Mean, <laughs> it's really, it's <laughs> tremendous time to be uh. to be a witness. Really, I mean, <laughs> we are all witnesses, Kevin. We're all witnesses. All right, uh, so we'll be back to the show in just a minute. I think that's a good way to start. Um, all right, seems good. I feel yeah, charged. I feel, I feel good. ready. Charged I feel like up. it's time to you know start the show. It's time again for the very first time, for the sixty-second time. have one of those emoji pepsis what kind of emoji do you have on it is it oh it's not an emoji pepsi it's, it's the perfect pepsi for me uh-huh. just emotionless and emotionless cold, cold yeah pepsi. and dark but still kind of sweet and sugary isn't that amazing <laughs> but yeah. bad for you yeah it's <laughs> terrible uh, for terrible yeah for you. but boy you'll like it right now <laughs> uh, are Tony. we still talking about the pepsi i don't know anymore okay. the gift of right. cliff yeah. drink it in yeah <laughs> it's very meta cliff montoni back on the show welcome back buddy um how you been? How's things? You look like you're suffering with the same sunburn that Kevin is. I got a touch of the suns. Yeah. yeah. Got some suns yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a nice hairline, too. There that you was go. a nice, yeah, nice little. Oh, the hairline spot tan. Up there. That's, yeah. uh, that's something, you know, it's got. I think about this, and I'm not trying to knock any of my, my bald brothers out there. It's got to suck to be bald and get sunburn on the top of your head. Yeah, I've always thought awful. about that. That seems awful. It's got to be one of the worst things that's ever existed. Um, I know my uncle, my uncle Bob can can call in on that. Send me a letter. Let me know what you think. <laughs> you cast that gmail Uncle Bob, though. dedicated listener. Um, <laughs> I just want to update. Uh, last week we had that conversation about the self driving cars and the self driving yes. Ubers. Um, so uh, Vox dot com uh, had a had a follow up to this, and I wanted to come back with it. Uh, apparently, uh, overall thirty eight percent of people think that self-driving cars will improve the experience. That's all. So it seems like the general public does not believe in the self-driving car. I think it's important to know what that other percentage is because if it's, you know, 38% say that it will and then everybody else says that it won't, that's one thing. But a lot of times in polls like this, you see people being like, 
I'm not sure. I have no opinion. Sure. Or, yeah. I want to say know. it was, uh, I had the numbers pulled up. I don't have it pulled up in front of me right now. It, it was not 100%. It was pretty significant in the in the direction that people don't think it'll help. However, the telling point was uh, in a future, basically the idea is millennials are open to it and older folks aren't. That seems to be the skew point, which makes total yeah, sense. Figure. You make, uh, however, the millennials were the only uh, p- polls demographic that voted positively on banning human drivers going forward. Like, if <laughs> if self-driving cars got so good that it was, like, really safe, they were, like, 43 to 42 split on, like, yeah, we would get, so we would support being behind no no driving at all. I would be able to drive, though, right? No, no, no driving at all. Oh, this is nonsense. Nobody ever driving. Nobody ever drives. Oh, the robots drive. Oh, man, that would be terrible. I love to drive. It's like the singularity, man. Just everything's going to drive for you, and you'll just sit in the car and be that's part of it. That's way less fun. I think that's what the singularity <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not an expert on you know like futurism or anything like that, but I don't think that's what the singularity is. Oh, the singularity man. is like when you become Neo, right? In the Matrix? No. I don't remember anymore what singularity is. That's all right. I'm gonna look it up on the internet because that seems like it tells the truth all the time. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Google absolutely. It. Um, so, guys, do you want to talk about uh, Colin Kaepernick? Uh, this was the big hot story of the week. It's not a sports story, but it is sort of vague. Kind of a sports story. Kind of a sports yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Colin Kaepernick is well. He was the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think he is anymore. I think he got supplanted, not because of this, because oh, okay. he's a terrible right. football. He's player. He's been a washed up bum yeah. for years. Yeah, and and one. I want to get this point out before we get into the greater point of this debate. I don't like Colin Kaepernick as a football player. I don't like the 49ers. I don't like his face. Is it the tattoos? It's the fact that he looks like Jafar and he's highly punchable and I just don't like anything he has. He's generally annoying to me. I don't know what it is. Face. He's never been a super likable player. I feel like the majority the, the thing on him has always been a lot of people have just don't like him. Just an unlikable guy. I only know like one guy named Colin I like and it's your cousin. My so, cousin Colin yeah, is great. He's great. Other than that, I guess Colin Quinn, but I don't know him personally. Anyhow, right. uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, on Friday in a preseason game against the Green Bay Packers uh, sat down during the national anthem, uh, did not stand up. Then he was quoted as saying, I'm not going to stand up and show pride in a flag uh, for a country that, uh, that, I'm sorry, I was that. Oh my god, I can't read what I wrote. Alright, yeah, what is that? Look at how small you were. What is that? that? You got hieroglyphics in there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, not going to stand up uh, and show pride in a flag uh, for a country that uh, oppresses black people and people of color. So he says this is a racial stand. And while most people are kind of on board, I actually like this. I think that more athletes don't take advantage of the platform they're given to have a personal choice. Mm-hmm. This is actually the coolest thing of everything Colin Kaepernick's ever done, honestly. I don't really, like, I don't like him, but I like that he took, like, a public platform to make a stand for this. What I find interesting is the amount of people on the internet who seem to be against him just because of who he is. Yeah. And the general consensus is, oh, well, you're a rich guy. What do you have to say about this? Yeah, that's stupid. The greater point is, <laughs> w- does being wealthy make him unfit to protest? <laughs> it seems to be the general question. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, I guess maybe for those people. Here's, listen, here's my thing. Um, I don't care at all. If you don't want to stand up for the Star Spangled Banner, that's for don't. And, like, for people who are like, well, it's disrespectful. Maybe it is, but, like, why do you care so much? Like, who? I've never been a big person for, like, oh, you know, you have to put your hand over your heart, stand up. You probably should. It's the thing to do. It's what people do. If you don't, you're just an asshole. Some people are just going to be assholes. But I think to, to a larger point with this guy, I think it's interesting because the majority of the people I see coming out here and being like, you know, this guy's a disgrace and he's got no respect and he shouldn't be allowed to act like this and talk like this. 
these are the same people. These people are mad at Colin Kaepernick for speaking his mind. These are all the same people who are like, I like Donald Trump because he speaks his mind and doesn't care if he offends people. Mm. And it's it it's, tends to be a lot of overlap and they're the Go same on. people. And so these people are sitting here and they're like, well, this guy's got no respect and he shouldn't be allowed to do this. I find this offensive. Those are the same people to swing right back around and be like, hey, whoa, you know... You shouldn't be so PC. People shouldn't get so offended. All right. lives matter. It's like, can't you hypocritical idiots see what's going on yeah, here? Yeah. Do you remember how we talked about the litmus test for people who get angry about other folks crossing the road not in crosswalks? Yes. And how, like, yes. if you hate people not using crosswalks, mm-hmm. there's a chance you're mildly racist? Mm-hmm. With, like, just a litmus there's test. There's a like, lot. There's There was a lot, 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 lot of stuff in that conversation yeah. to get it there, but I know what yes. you're saying. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those things where... If you really can't see the whole picture, there's a chance you're mildly racist. Um, because I, I just think it's utter nonsense that if you can't put together the concept that some of the freedoms that you're quoting that uh, people fought and died for included the freedom of expression and speech, then you've really missed the whole point. And uh, yeah, you're probably going to vote for Trump. <laughs> you so might you, be missing the so whole point. So you think there's a correlation for people who dislike what Colin Kaepernick did and people who are going to vote for Trump? I think ju- not. Well, no, I, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but I, I would say that there's there's a high level of um, ignorant nationalism mm-hmm. and ignorant patriotism and lack of critical thinking. Mm. Well, it's hypocrisy when it comes down to it. I mean, to sit here and... And to be up in arms, offended about this guy decided not to stand up and like this whole inflated sense of like, you know, well, if you didn't stand up for the national anthem, you've pretty much like completely, you know, just slapped America in the face. Not really. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things like people are people are so quick to get up in arms about stuff. And those people tend to be the same people who look down on other people for getting up in arms about things that they don't disagree with. It's total nonsense. I tend to think, though, and again, I, what what strikes me about this is there's no there's no right way for you to handle this if you're Colin Kaepernick, right? Like, if you actually... Like, there's nothing to say that you can't be a professional football <clears throat> player and have strong feelings about other things outside of your profession. That's what pretty much everyone else does in their yeah. profession, right? But you rag on the guy because he's in a position of prominence, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. In reality, he's in a place where he can say what he wants and probably isn't going to get too much blowback in general. Like, nothing, he's not going to going to get fined, maybe, for this by the NFL. Like, a fraction of the money he makes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I just, I almost wish that you would see more people take more chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, take you know, all the yeah, stands. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. all the sure. yeah. I totally agree. I don't yeah. care which side you're taking. Yeah. Take, just take yeah. stands. Yeah. Make yeah. a Absolutely. seat. I think if you're in the privileged position to be able to take a political stance and be active politically and have it not mm. have a negative impact on you professionally or personally, then you should absolutely do that. And I think you're almost required to do it. And it's a really great example. On uh, Bill Simmons' podcast this week, he had mentioned, uh, do you remember when Donald Sterling got caught? Donald Sterling was the former owner of the yes. Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. And he got caught while like doing that racist stuff on tape. Uh, they were basically saying that if, if the players had just said, we're not going to play tonight, because we're not going to play for this racist owner. It would be the biggest sports story of the last 20 years. Like, if a team just decided on themselves to be like, yeah, you know, we're, yes. just, we're not we're not doing... We're not playing for this guy. Like, I don't yeah. care about... It would be a huge story. Like, you, I would like to see people take advantage of their power that they have. I agree. Right? Do you yes. know what I mean? That's kind of yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that would have just taken, like, 10 guys being like, no, we're, we have the power to do what we want in this scenario, and we're going to do it. Yeah. I think it would have been 
I would like to see more guys, almost, right, I who agree. agreed with Colin Kaepernick staying behind yeah. him, right? Yeah. It's that principle we talk about. It's always good to be the first person, but that second person who stands up is also just as important. Exactly. Well, it's not more so, right? Kaepernick exactly. is also, Kaepernick's in a unique position where he doesn't really have a ton to lose. Right, yeah. He's made a lot of guaranteed money over his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still got a bit left. He's not very good. He'll probably get cut or he'll be gone from that team eventually, Chances are he's not going to get picked up. Like his his time in the league as being a relevant player in the league is kind of done. So I think he's in a great position to go out and do some stuff like this. Whereas if I were you know somebody at the apex of my career, I might be less likely to do it because at the end of the day, like you know even the guys who played for the Clippers, any of this stuff, it's like yeah, listen, I disagree with a lot of these things, but at the same time, I can only live my life for myself, and I've got a livelihood to look sure. at and worry about. Yeah. So Kaepernick's in a unique position. He's always been a lightning rod. People used to talk about how. He was unfit to play in the NFL because he had so many tattoos, you know, more right. of that dog whistle right. stuff. Right, tattoos. exactly. But it's like, so he's always been a lightning rod. And for him to stand mm-hmm. up and, you know, keep advancing the conversation, it's a little bit ham-fisted maybe in the way he's doing it. Maybe he's not doing everything the most effective way he could, but he's doing something. And you can't knock somebody for doing something. And just because he's been successful and wealthy, that doesn't take away his right to to speak his mind about something or to feel solidarity or shared experiences no. with people you know, that he feels close to or that he identifies with. That's totally nonsense. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so now, for this, I hope that the San Francisco 49ers win maybe one or two more games this year than they would have otherwise. Because <laughs> I really, I, I still go, now I go back to being a guy who doesn't really care about football, and I really don't like the 49ers, and Kaepernick, I hope he continues to do cool stuff, because otherwise, I don't care. Yeah, about get out there and get it, team. man. Get it, Kaepernick. Yep. Um, we were going to talk about Donald Trump more, but I guess I don't want to. Do we, can we just Is not? there anything to talk about? Is he still running? Of course he is. You know. Uh, well, you know, no, really though, is there anything to talk about? Well, there is a couple things I did sort of want to talk about. Just generally, like it seems like most people I've talked to, and this sort of makes me scared, but also intrigued. Most people and most major publications I'm reading seem to sort of be counting Trump out a little bit now. It seems mm-hmm. like the cracks have shown, and it seems obvious that he's not going to win any of the swing states, and he's not getting black voters nationally. Um, he's not going to win without any of those things. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. He's so. also, I think one of the most interesting t- t- statistics, yeah. wow, statistics for him is that um, they were saying he's also losing a vast amount of college-educated mm-hmm. white men and women yeah. that identify as Republicans. Yeah. You know, I mean, and not that's not to say, you know, just white folks because he's lost every minority already. But yeah. of the people right. who, well, now, yeah. the people who yeah. traditionally are one of the hugest demographics for the Republicans, which is college educated white people, mm. are drastically dropping for him. Um it's interesting the correlation between people mm. with an actual education who realize that this guy is, you know, the yeah. devil. Yeah. Um, but so it doesn't I mean I, I can't you can't call the race yet. There's still enough time and Hillary's a shaky enough person where anything could yeah. happen and it, something nuts could happen between now and then, but yeah. the way it looks right now, this is going to be, I mean, a hell of a train wreck for the Republicans. I've heard uh, do you buy into the theory that Trump never really wanted to win? Yes. That this is all like this is all just a to some, like a dare that went a little bit too far. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I, now he's stuck. Now he's stuck. Now he's stuck right? Right? Oh, I won. He huh? doesn't really want to win. Yeah. He just wants the publicity, yeah. right? Like well, I think he he wants to. I think he wants to win in the sense that I think Trump gets a lot of validation from being crowned like you're the winner, you're the best, right. you're the top. I don't think he wants to do the job. Yeah. I mean, he said they there was a video of him. He was at a campaign rally, and they were asking because you know he's flip flopping on immigration like crazy right now. At first, he's like, "We'll deport them all." Now he's basically saying what Obama's been doing is great. Now he's like, "We'll deport." Back and forth, he literally pulled the audience. He's like, "Well, you know, I'm not sure. Should we do it this or should we do this? You know, whoever's louder, that's what we'll do." 
That's your domestic immigration policy? Is that you're going to poll the audience? He has no ideas of on his own. He's not educated about any of this stuff, and who could expect him to be? He's been rich for a very long time. I wouldn't be paying attention. If I had money like that, even though he doesn't have as much as he says he does, I wouldn't pay attention to politics. I would know a lot about yachts, though. I'd know so much about yeah, yachts. I'm definitely. Deep, yeah. deep knowledge about yachts. <laughs> Looking forward to the Donald Trump-Con-Kaepernick debate on Fox next week. It's oh, going to be great. Oh, man. I'll take Kaepernick. Uh, I'll take Kaepernick over yeah. to Yeah. Uh, so He's let's just gonna get, sit there too. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to uh, let's get to this week's interview. Uh, Anthony Bianco is a he's a daring guy, and I think daring is a that's a, a great word. Yeah, that's I think, a great word, and it goes a long way when you take a look at the numerous Draculatron videos you can find on YouTube, where you go listen to their music. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's been he's born in the city. He has deep ties in the city. We had a wonderful conversation about uh, about divorce and growing up and struggles and music and all sorts of different things. Uh, he'll be performing at the downtown get down on September 10th at the Dev. He'll be closing the show there. Uh, great guys. After the interview, I'm actually going to play a track off their album. So we're going to go from the interview right into some music. Uh, and we'll be back uh, after that. Again, this is Anthony Bianco from Draculatron. drama club together mm-hmm. at some point in time and it was I'm not sure if it was Donovan or Proctor or both Proctor it was I Proctor didn't go to Donovan. where'd you go JK Kennedy yeah. all right so you're a Kennedy guy okay yeah. in fact it's funny that you mentioned that recently yeah. I was um was going through a bunch of like bins I had stored <laughs> yeah and it's sort of the last of stuff I've accumulated mm-hmm. over the years I'm really downsizing my yeah. life and I found a bunch of old of my old eight millimeter cassettes yeah and a lot of it, I found two of them. I had done whole strings of recording, filming. Yeah. In the, of the, like, rehearsals for the shows. Oh, yeah. So you're in them. Oh, God. And it's, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, I, I actually look back. Um, I only did Drama Club one year at Proctor mm-hmm. because I had the falling out with, um, I, I cannot remember his name, the director, uh, the teacher at the time, who was the director. Valentini. Was it Valentini? Is that who it was? Well, he directed, yeah. Yeah. He, I had a, he, I don't have any beef with him. He was a nice enough guy. I didn't have him as a teacher. I only knew him in drama. Uh-huh. But I remember me and him had a falling out about, I wanted to play lacrosse. Mm-hmm. I was very broy back then. I was really into lacrosse. And I wanted to do lacrosse in drama club, and me and him had sort of a, a tiff. He's like, well, you can't do both. <laughs> and I said, well, don't make me choose, because... Uh-huh. Just to be spiteful, you will not like the choice I make. I'll 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 quit just to spite you. That sure. was like the kind of guy I was back yeah. then. In hindsight, I did regret it because I I missed musical theater yeah. after I was gone. Um, I was playing in bands and stuff, but I, I do still sort of have this weird part of me that sort of liked musical theater. I like playing a part, which at the time, at that age, I, I would sort of gotten past. I wanted to play in a band. I wanted to write yeah. my own music. I didn't care anymore. But did you, so, did you do, pro- how many years were you there doing drama then? God, you I did, did it the whole time. The whole I time? Mean, I, when I started doing shows, it was like in elementary school, you know? Oh, I yeah. just carried on. Yeah. So I did every year at Proctor. Mm-hmm. I was there. In fact, you missed a, you missed a little shop and that was a good year. <sighs> Can I tell you that <laughs> the year after, the year I left, I made an offhand comment to somebody. I was like, man, the only way I would ever come back 
is if they do Into the Woods or Little Shop, which are like my two favorite musicals. Yeah. Um, and lo and behold, they did Little Shop, and I sort of thought about coming back. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls who was in the drama club list, I don't remember who it was, but she was like in the choir or the chorus, got in a fight with me, being like, we don't want you to show up if you're <laughs> not going to try. Wow. And I remember just being like, to hell with this then like fine i'm not gonna do it but like even nowadays i sort of still have a little itch i oh. think that hangs over from the musical theater thing yeah I, you know well it's tough i mean if it's something you seriously want to do yeah like around here your options are kind of limited true true you know well i, I find my fix in other ways yeah. whether it's podcasting or, right. or doing maiden utica stuff and of course we are here uh with anthony bianco the man behind dracula tron the man behind anthony in the mountain uh, and a guy I've actually known for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because I see you all over the place. Uh, you're you're still pretty well known around here. People love you. People get always excited <laughs> when we talk about Dracula. I, I, I suppose that's true. Well, you a socialite. <laughs> Can you call it that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm very lucky to know a lot of people. Sure. You know, sure. and it's, it's always exciting for me. It's like a mm-hmm. blessing, like, to... Get to meet all kinds of people from all kinds mm. of backgrounds who do all kinds of things, mm. you know, and let that be a part of my life or, you know, shape who I am. And mm. it's it's all good things, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start here then. So you went to Proctor, clearly, but let's mm-hmm. let's start before that. Were you born in this area or did you move here? I sure was. Yeah. I was born here um, at St. Luke's. St. Luke's. So actually, that's New Hartford. But... That is New I, I have that dirty <laughs> little secret, too. I'm like, uh, I yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was born here. I grew up here. I was raised here. I lived in Yeshutica. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... You got uh, family, sisters, brothers, anything like that? I have um, three younger brothers. Nice. Three younger brothers. Wow, oldest brother. I know, right? <laughs> Your um, poor brother. <laughs> and we're all very different. We're all very different from each other. Are you um, still close? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for the most part, we see each other on a pretty regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot. Yeah. So, we're pretty close. Um, and my parents are still here. Nice. They're nice. divorced. Um, oh, yeah. I've been down that road, brother. Who has? <laughs> really, at this point. It's fine. No, it really, mm-hmm. it's it's fine. Um, I I love them both. I see them all the time. Sure, yeah. You know, and it's great. I mean, as far as an extended family goes, it's kind of small. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems yeah. to get smaller every year. You seem pretty well adjusted, though. Like I think that divorce people whose parents are divorced tend to go in two camps. You either get you have a hard time with it, or you become a little more cynical and you become understanding of the way life works. And I think you know you well you I guess you don't really have a choice. Like yeah, you it's either not about grow you. up, yeah. You either because I was young, so yeah, you, so was you I, either yeah. grow up and it haunts you, yeah, or somehow it allows mm. you to not be a better person sure it's just it can shape you in a way that can make you maybe more stronger more independent more responsible my mom hates when i talk about divorce stuff on the show because she thinks it paints her as a bad parent my mom oh, was yeah. great i know but... i'm gonna get the same thing <laughs> i promise you. no no I, I think though that it's for me as a human it was important to me because it helped me understand that my parents were just people mm-hmm. and not solely my parents like they had a life and a human, the human personality outside of me, and that yeah. this didn't work for them, and that they were better off. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it was a good thing and inherently going forward. But you can only, um, I think, you can only really see that in hindsight now. Yes, as an for adult. sure. I mean, when you're younger, you don't really for have any sure. context for it. Mm. I can only think about it as how it affected me yeah. in, in the immediate. You know, I personally, I feel like if that hadn't happened, I would not be who I am today. Sure. And yeah. for for the most part, I. 
really excited about how I've turned out. Yeah. You know, so a lot of good came from it. Yeah. You know, and in, in a lot of ways. Did you catch any step parents in the mix at all anywhere along the way? Mm, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Kind of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Kind I had of, a couple. Yes. Of both uh, both of those things are true. Um, <laughs> you know, and people come in and they try. You know, it's and tough. it's not always about you. No. You know, because like you said, your parents are people, and they yeah, sure they deserve to have. Yeah. Too. Uh, my, my stepfather actually was, was great for my mom. I think that for me, I was probably bitter, right? Like at the time, I was like, I don't need a father figure. My, yeah. my dad's not around anymore, but I'm a man now. I don't need like this father figure in my life. Mm-hmm. But as I get older, I realize what it was for my mom to have somebody around, and so I appreciate what he did on that level. Yeah. But like, it's, it's a step-parent. It's tough. It's not... You know, as as much as you care about the person you're married to and their children, yeah. it's not your kid. Like, no, it's, right. You, there's you, still inherently like a disconnect at a certain level yeah. that like some people get over and some people don't but, right you know yeah. well right and they really you have the you have the choice i mean yeah. as a as a as a child mm-hmm. you have the choice of you know allowing it to happen sure. letting it in and you don't have to be close i don't think mm-hmm. that you it's it's the whole yeah but you know i i mean i i any person who has come in after the fact, whether they were a step parent or sure. just you know a boyfriend yeah. or something, you know I, I think about it as people who were able to add to my life, mm-hmm. in ways sure. you know like that I'm still grateful for. Yeah. So. But it's hard. I mean, especially when you're, like a teenager. Oh. Yeah. And you're more aware. You know, when you're really young, I think you might have an, an easier time. Yeah. Because it's easier to adjust to those sort of things. See, for me, I think what happened... This is an interesting point my mom brought to me a couple months back, and it was the first time I'd ever thought of it. My parents got divorced when I was eight. Me too. And then my mom got remarried when I was about 11. I remember being at the wedding. Mm -hmm. And she made a point to me a couple weeks ago. She's like, you know, I've been with Mike longer since you've been alive than I was with your dad. Like, your dad wasn't around as much. Like, Mike's probably been in your life longer than your mm-hmm. your real dad has and i'm like oh, that's a really interesting point like i probably don't give him enough credit for being around that much because i don't think about it like that but he has been there for a long time yeah you just think about i always think about my dad as my dad because he's like your biological father yeah. and he's the one whose mannerisms i've stolen yeah <laughs> but you know so much of so much of that is like i i imagine that your stepfather yeah if he, i assume he's still your stepfather. oh yeah he's great yeah he's still around he's a great golfer has <laughs> has added to your life yes in a lot of ways and perhaps even ways that maybe your father hasn't well it's funny i think sometimes that as i get older i've my personality is more of an extension of my stepfather who yeah. is an accidental hipster because i remember growing up as a kid making fun of his music uh-huh. like he used to play like elvis costello and like all sorts of cool like folk rock music from the 70s and i'd be like this is dumb turn this off and put green day on you know what i mean and now that i'm older uh, oh no i i really went through the same my 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 mother's boyfriend after my father yeah. he was a musician yeah yeah and so he had i remember he used to have these just big like blocks that mm. were cd racks Four, five of them, like lined up, hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was able to, to like, develop kind of a musical education mm-hmm. that way of oh, just yeah. stuff that I really had known. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have access to. It's like a thirteen-year-old. Oh yeah. You know, you can't run out to the store and buy CDs, mm-hmm. 
what you what you did. Well, which is when then. you scored the last unicorn. <laughs> that was the spot. Um, but I learned so much about music just having access yeah. to it. So I'm really grateful. It's one of those things I'm really grateful for. Well, you seem to have a pretty wide ranging uh, like influence when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, I, as I said, we grew up musical theater together, sort of in those same years. Yeah, uh, I knew you were into that. Uh, I looked at your, you know, Anthony and the Mountain stuff, which you refer to in the website as savage pop music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then with the Draculatron stuff, like, uh, you seem to be interested in more than one singular genre of music. You yeah. seem to have a broad appreciation, and I wonder if that's probably where it takes back to. It doesn't, it, 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 absolutely. Sure. I mean, it's it's a lot of mm-hmm. things. I mean, music growing up was such a big part of my life, but it was also such a relief mm-hmm. that I spent a lot of time, you know, listening. You know, sure. I always had my headphones on because it was like... Mm-hmm a way to kind of quiet and drown out the world, you know? So I spent a lot of time listening to as much as I could get my hands on. What was big for you growing up? Album oh, well, I, you know, I, the reason I picked up piano was I started listening to Tori Amos. Tori Amos, yeah. And yeah. she, um, that was the first time I felt like, because I had always sang. Sure. You know, I felt like, okay, I need to be able to, I need some sort of an instrument to write songs, mm-hmm. you know? And I'd be listening to her a lot, and I was like, all right, the piano seems like an in, like something mm. that I could figure out without a teacher. Sure. You know, and that's where I started. Is pi- that's, do you consider yourself as a musician a piano player first and foremost? I guess. Sometimes I think yeah. about it and I'm like, I mean, I'm, self ta- I'm self-taught. Me too, yeah. I've never had a lesson. I've only, excuse me, I've only been able to learn about it like secondhand through the internet or I've had to learn chords. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but I play everything by ear, mm. essentially. Or I, or I did growing up. Did you play anything in high... I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut no, you off. No, go ahead. I'm curious, because I played saxophone in elementary school and middle school. Right. Did you play anything? I played where... trumpet okay. for a year okay. in fifth grade, I think. Interesting. Um, but I don't remember anything about reading music. Okay. Then. I thought... Of, I don't remember much about reading music, but I, for me, that time more than anything taught me how to count. I no. learned how to See, for me, I learned how to count. That was if the only I retain thing I anything from that time, it's all subconscious. Subconscious. Huh? You know what I mean? When I went back to instruments uh-huh. after the fact... It was like starting fresh. Sure. You know, and I just banged on it for years and years and years until I kind of got a sense of how it worked. And even to this day, like, to answer your question, I don't consider myself a pianist. Sure. You know, like, I I feel like so often what I'm doing is so simple to me, Mm -hmm. but to hear, the perspective is different, because when someone's like, wow, you're a really great piano player, I'm like, I didn't do anything. That's how I feel about Mm. it, you know, like, this is, this is nothing. I am a shitty piano player. (laughs) So, it's weird though. Sometimes, that's uh, that's a very common trait. I feel like with a lot of people I've known over the years who are creative types mm-hmm. who write music. Like, even like when I sit and play with my uh, with Kev, who's the the host of the show. Yeah. Me and Kev have played in bands going back to two thousand six, two thousand five together. I've known him for such a long time. He's uber talented. Mm-hmm. He'll pick up and play something and just sort of goof around and be really good. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. He's like, that. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, like I think to a certain extent, like. You probably don't see it because you're you're busy internalizing it. You're right. You know you're what right. I mean? That's definitely a big part of it. Can you go back and listen to old music you wrote and still enjoy it? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. There are some... <laughs> it's a tough one. It's like, I can appreciate, especially because it's like, I have recorded music going back a long time, mm-hmm. you know, so I can, yeah. I can clearly hear myself develop over time. Yes. You know, I can hear, I hear the changes in my voice. And we're only mm-hmm. talking maybe in the last 10 years, too, mm-hmm. the way that my voice has kind of developed mm-hmm. and there's dimen- dimensions that have come to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of it's cringeworthy, but sometimes I'm like, shit, I was a better piano player 10 years ago yeah. than I am now. 
Were you playing in bands in high school? Or were no. you just well, doing... I was in one... No, that's a lie. Like, <laughs> okay. No, no. I was in one band in high school, and we were together for like three months, and three I played months. the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was it. Like, I didn't play anything. Sure. It was me just basically playing in my room for myself. Okay. Did you, did you go to college? I did. I went to MV. You went to MV. What'd you go for? Uh, well, let's see. I went for theater. Theater. I okay. did. Yep. That was the mm-hmm. first year they were offering it. Yeah. And I was coming out of high school not knowing what I wanted to do with myself at all. Okay. And it was like the most attractive idea. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll go continue doing the thing I kind of enjoy in school, mm. you know, without really considering the academic aspect of it. And you, did you graduate from MV? In no, no. It took me a while. I mean, I, yeah. I went there for about two years right out of high school, yep. Yep. you know, and it just, <laughs> I wasn't doing well. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. wasn't doing well. And I, I, I really I got tired of school when I got out of high school. I felt like, you know, people, tired. I think people are, I think there are definitely a lot of people who are ready to go on and they know what yeah. they want from yeah. it. But I'm, there are a lot of us who just aren't. I think, you know what? I had gotten caught up in the band thing at the time mm-hmm. and I really wanted to, to keep playing in a band. Mm-hmm. I, I've told this story many times before. Had my drummer, at the time, not passed away, sadly, and given us this weird opportunity to just call it quits mm-hmm. and not have anyone be angry at each other. Sure. Right, because that band probably wouldn't have survived, but this horrible moment gave us this opportunity to be like, well, it's run its course, and mm-hmm. now we can go our own separate ways, and, um, and then I went to college after that. But I still think that I would have stayed being in a band had that not happened, because I loved, I loved being in a band. Yeah. I loved the music scene. Now, what's curious to me is you're talking about you have music going all the way back. I do. I went to iTunes today to mm-hmm. look to see what I had available to listen to for stuff that I have from you. Mm-hmm. I have a track from 2009, and I want to ask oh, a question. God. When I got oh, God. Oh, God. I think it's called... Oh, God. Where oh, is God. it? Oh, God. Uh... Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I have it written oh, down. God. It's oh, God. Co- oh, I'm going to pull like, it. Oh, no. oh, yep. 2009... I Make a Crime Wave was the name of the oh, song. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a Dracula Tron song. Yeah, it's a Dracula Tron That one won't make me cringe. I'm actually pretty happy with that. Okay. I can't believe that's on iTunes. I forget. Was it a no, single? No, I don't know where I found it. I have it from oh, back in the okay. day. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, but I went finding it. So I went looking around for newer stuff today because I was yeah. like, that's too old. I can't, I can't yeah, reference yeah. this. So I went to your, your uh, band camp today. I went to draculatron.bandcamp.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you guys had your 2013 album up for free download, which is really chill. Yeah. Why'd you decide to leave it free? Well, a lot of that... <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we had been... I have been recording so much mm-hmm. of what we were doing as a band for a while. Mm-hmm. And really, if you listen to it, it's just the sound of someone learning how GarageBand works. Yeah. You sure. know, and it just gets progressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, at that point, I was just... I was aware of how lacking some of the quality was in some mm-hmm. of the songs. And also, a lot of the songs on there were songs that had developed new dimensions live. Yeah. That didn't really exist in the recordings. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, it was sort of like the end of what we were doing at the yeah. time. It's like, why don't we get together and re-record these songs mm-hmm. the way we play them, you know, and record them in a higher quality and just put it out there. Yeah. And that was really it, because at that point, it was like... We weren't playing together anymore. Sure. You know, um, I just, it was the, the end of it, really, yeah, at the yeah. time, you know, and I needed to do my own thing. And um, it was sort of like, I, I can honor the past a lot better now because mm. I know how things work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it was more like a preserving the past. Yeah. 
I think I think I'm glad that you guys are back doing your thing. And I gotta say, uh, I, I downloaded the album. I listened to a lot of it this morning, mm. trying to get ready for this. Uh, this is 2013. We transformed was. Yeah, yeah. but you, no, the the newest song on that was at the mm. time I think was Door One, mm. and that was like a one off. Everything else, probably from 2010. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, I, I think what really it strikes me is um, last time I saw you guys was at the Dev. Mm-hmm. And you guys were playing live recently. Right? Relatively recently, relatively. I've only been back for a year, and I've seen you since I've been back. Okay. So I, it's yeah, got to yeah. be sometime in the last year, right? Because uh, it was definitely the current lineup. It was you and Erica and Harley and Brian and Doyle. Yeah. If I remember seeing everybody up there. Yeah. Um, and your stage show is so dynamic. Mm-hmm. And one of my things is, I feel like the album is great and the sound quality is great, but to really like get the full grasp of the Dracula Tron show, mm-hmm. it's best to see it live. It's the same way that like I think about and I'm not trying to compare you to Pearl no, Jam because you don't sound the same as Pearl Jam. Yeah. But I feel like Pearl Jam is the same way. You listen to a Pearl Jam album, you're like, this is pretty good. And you see it live, you're like, oh man, now I really get the right. full grasp. And I'm curious if that is something that comes from your theater background. If the entire oh, aspect of the show is performer? part of it. Yeah. Yeah, well yeah, it's an, it's inherent. I've I've always been mm-hmm. a performer and that that sort of background is just you know, mm-hmm. it. like no matter what I do musically, there's an aspect of performance to yeah. it. Yeah. You know, if, if it if it's just me playing the piano, there's an inherent kind of a performer self, I guess, that comes out. But it's you know it's natural. Like, but I I I want to take the opportunity if I'm standing in front of people and mm-hmm. singing, you know, it's got to be more than just me standing there and singing. Like, yeah. I I want to take the opportunity to. Uh, it's engaging. Well, yeah, yeah like it's a show, it's a show of its of its own, yeah. you know, and I, I like to use as many uh, tools in the toolbox to kind of come across. <laughs> okay, I know. I'm curious though for me because I we used to do the the pretty basic band lineup at the time. It was drummer, uh, guy behind in the back playing keyboards, mm. two guitar players, bass player, one of the guitar players sang. Yeah, we never really like did stage stuff but we were punk rocker kids so we inherently would run around and yeah. wail around just and that's the same did. thing but well i'm curious like your your show is so well pointed. i was always curious do you guys have planned stuff that you want to do during this set or is it just all natural when you're well there? a lot of the time it's like all right guys this is what i'm gonna do right right <laughs> out there it's pretty good so don't be surprised <laughs> if i do that mm. you know um i mean there have been times where we've where there have been really mm. showy things yeah you know, well, I mean, if you even go back before we are what we are now, mm. the show has always been very performance-based, yes. you know? Yeah. You can look at the unbelievable amount of videos on YouTube, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, where you can see the first, like, the first iteration of it was always about a, a very mm. a detailed performance aspect. Yeah. Um, and that's just carried over now. Now it's just like, you know... But sometimes, if I'm just, like, laying around yeah. on the floor and writhing around, it's... It's so much. It not. It's not all rehearsed. I guess sure. is what I'm saying. Like, right. there are some things where it's like, yes, I am yeah. going to pour blood all over myself tonight. Yeah. Uh, that's going to happen, <laughs> and it's going to be great. Um, I mean, but that not to be confused with not everything that you see is rehearsed. Right. In fact, often none of it is rehearsed. Awesome. I'm just like, I'm going to go in this in the moment. We've talked a lot about Dracula Drive today, and uh, yeah. as we should, you guys be performing September 10th. At the Dev mm-hmm. with Twin Speak and Substance and Murder Dream, uh, I'm very excited for this show, uh, especially because uh, big big part of downtown get down, especially for folks like me who may be more inclined to go see that than maybe Umphreys McGee. Not a knock on Umphreys McGee, by the way, they're excellent, just not my scene. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Anyhow, uh, I'm glad that you guys are involved because I, especially I'm glad it's at the Dev because you guys have seemed to have a really nice. 
connection with that location and Tim and a lot of the folks down there. It seems to be a nice little well, scene you guys have gotten we joke, in down there. We joke that we're the house band there sometimes. <laughs> it's just because, well, it's... When you're a band like this, yeah. and you're a person like me, yeah. it's really hard to approach... Sure. A lot of venues and be like, we're going to do this <laughs> yeah. in your space, you know? Because, aside from the fact that, like, I just don't feel like we would fit in, mm-hmm. you know? I think about the kind of audiences sometimes, and I'm like, right. you know what? It's going to take mm-hmm. one person to yeah. throw a bottle or call me a faggot, and we're going to have yeah. a fight. Yeah. You yeah. know? And, it, it's, and that's the truth. Like, I don't, I know what to expect from people. Yeah, it, I remember going to see metal bands. My buddy Doc used to play in a metal band in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And you would expect that half the audience was going to leave because they were th- so theatrical and they would have uh, blood and chains mm-hmm. and his girlfriend had like a mask on and a book on her back and they would open up and lights would go. It was, a, it was an insane show. Yeah. But you could just tell them like, you know, half this crowd goes to Syracuse University. They're chucks drinking beers. They don't, they don't get this. They just yeah. don't get it. And... It was something I never had faced because, you know, we were like, again, we're a pop punk band. We sounded like Jimmy World. Like, yeah. no one's going to be super offended if they might not like it. Yeah, yeah. But no one's going to tell me to piss off or kick me off the stage. Mm-hmm. Like, you are doing something that's challenging for some people. Like, for a lot of people. Yeah, for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. we are obviously queer people. Sure. Making, yeah. you know, and not all of us, yeah. but a lot of us. Yeah. Well, or at least you, uh, I those, certainly who aren't, am. Yeah, those who aren't, you know, are in on what you guys are doing. As oh, part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's in the DNA of yeah, what we do. exactly. And it... Not everyone's going to be very welcoming to sure. that. Sure, you know, And I'm very mm. aware of it. Yeah. And, you know, I wish I could give a shit mm. because the kind of people who wouldn't really aren't interested anyway. Yeah. So it's like you're not really... Uh, mm. It doesn't hurt. Do you feel like this... I feel like this region actually, specifically Utica at Syracuse, a lot of this region is actually more liberal than I would expect about that topic. And I don't know what it's like for you because I don't know what kind of yeah, like, well, I don't know what kind of stuff you've faced over the years. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in New York City. Yeah. I spent a lot of time here. And I've also spent a lot of time in like the South and the Midwest. Sure. And when you go to the South and the Midwest, it does feel different. Like I I'm not saying that everyone in Utica is super progressive with no, their No, not at all. But I do feel like there are m- there is a little bit more of a progressive lean here than there are in a lot of other places I've been to. I I would say to that first of all, mm. uh, you're not safe anywhere. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I have been very lucky. Sure. Living here. Yeah. That I haven't come up against mm. really any sort of like violence or anything. Right. Yeah. But I have been lucky. Lucky. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like in yeah. general, yeah, it's a nice, decent area, but. I'm in a bubble, you know. I float around with people that yeah. I know and I like, and they're pretty cool, and I feel safe point. around. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. It's not like you're putting yourself out there in places where you know you're right. Yeah, right. We're gonna be paying the ass. Right. To you. Yeah. So it's different. Huh. You know what I'm huh. saying? For oh, someone else who may yeah. like the experience out there is varied. Sure. But for me, so far, yeah, I've had an okay go of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like growing up was harder than anything else. Yeah. Well, like, right. now it's. Yeah. Have, go ahead. No, 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 I'm curious. Like because of that, have you ever thought about taking the show on the road to places? Oh like, God, uh, I want to all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's um, it is hard to coordinate five people. Yes, sure, it is. As you know. Yes, it is. 
That's, that's why I was only the singer-songwriter. I let the drummer do the coordination. I said, <laughs> fine, I'll show up and write the songs. You just book the dates. Right, say, right. Yeah. Like, it's hard. Oh, we'd love to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think mm. we really want to. And I so much could. of it... Oh, I, yeah. I have no doubt about our ability as band. If you had any doubts, you wouldn't be the character you were. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the reason you're as successful and as, like exciting to watch as you are because you guys obviously believe in what you're doing absolutely like, yeah. like i don't think we're a shitty band i think we're no, a good band very talented we're Everybody. better band now yeah honestly than mm. we have ever, ever been mm. like i'm just lucky to be surrounded by such yeah. talented people mm. and i've always had you know i always have been mm. um so yeah you know we talk about it more and more now and i mean you know it's been about a year since we've been playing mm. again and stuff and some of it was just well we're rusty we need to get the kicks off see what we're like now mm. as a band and I feels like a completely different band to me. Have you been working on new music at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. We yeah. um, we are in the process. We wrote a bunch of new songs. We play them live. Nice. Um, nice. but we're honestly, we actually have been talking about this recently. Like, uh, we were gonna record like three or four songs and just start to put out an EP. Nice. But, you know, I'm I'm kind of sick of them already, and I feel like we can do better. <laughs> and we've oh we've been in to- you know we've talked about it too like. They were just such straight-ahead rock songs, yeah. more or less. And I'm like, this is... I thought this is what I wanted, but this is not what I want sure. at all. I want us to, like, consider the scope of our interests mm-hmm. and kind of incorporate all kinds of genres yeah. and stuff. So we're in the very beginnings of, you know, working on new songs for an album. Our, and I'm curious... I'm always curious because I, I used to be... I wouldn't say I was the sole songwriter, but mm-hmm. I felt like I wrote all the lyrics and I wrote... a a large enough portion of the songs where I felt comfortable saying, like, I wrote this song. Mm-hmm. Is it collaborative with you guys, or do you sometimes just come in with a full track completed? Or? Uh, well, up until we stopped playing originally the first mm-hmm. time, it was all me. All you. Yeah. All me. I mean, Brian and Erica, Brian was the bassist, and Erica yep. was our original guitarist, mm-hmm. and my laptop played drums. She's awesome. Um, she's great. Yeah, she's great. Uh, I brought them in originally to round out the live mm-hmm. thing, you know to have more of yeah. a live feel to it and so by the end there it w- but it was the me show like i was writing yeah. everything all the songs <laughs> yeah. and they were just yeah. coming in and playing and it was fine mm-hmm. though like mm-hmm. everyone kind of understood that and no one had any trouble with it and we all mm-hmm. loved the song so it was fine uh, before we get into the lightning round i just want to quickly talk to you about anthony in the mountain i sure. saw you getting a lot of good press about the anthony in the mountain yeah, stuff. Yeah. is this uh, is this just you yes is this, so there's nobody else working on this project besides you? no no yeah. no i mean uh zeno zeno uh, yeah he mixed it sure he mixed it mm-hmm. um but i wrote all the songs wrote all the music is this relatively new compared to draculatron is this like a something you just felt you needed well, to do it's, or? it's simply i mean it's an extension of my solo stuff that i've been sure at. i just okay. a new name essentially Interesting. you know what i mean um i was just trying i had been working on stuff the past couple years here releasing things you Mm -hmm. know on my own and it's fine Mm. um but i really i wasn't comfortable with like the name i was using yeah i was like i can do better than this (laughs) so i wrote how i what i feel is like best sounding thing i've ever done Mm -hmm. easily yeah you know i'm really excited about it well, I listened to Raygun, which they were really talking about on, uh, I saw it on Stereo Gun, yeah, and it yeah. was on, uh, what was the other website I read on today? Sympathizer? Sim- yes, yeah, yeah Sympathizer. Yeah. I read both of those, and I listened to it. Uh, it's really excellent. I think it really, uh, it actually reminds me, it showcases what an excellent voice you have. Thank right? you. Yeah, really. Thank you. And, you know, I gotta tell you, one of the, and this is not like a brag hmm. or anything at all, but the problem with recording yourself yes. and having limited technology <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> is that you don't always 
capture mm. like your abilities. It's and that's the one thing that people have mm. said to me over the years is like, you know, seeing you live, it's completely oh, yeah. different. Like you, your voice comes across a lot better. I've had that same critique said against me. I wonder if that goes back to musical theater thing. Something about being in front of people mm -hmm. helps me to get excited. I have a hard time yeah. getting excited in the booth. Something about standing in a booth with that yeah. microphone. It's like you start thinking about it too much. You're not playing the song anymore. You're not singing the song. You're just like, all right, so how do I get it? I would much rather just get out there with the guitar in front of me and just be like, hey, that's yeah, like, yeah. Woo, you know, and that's it. That's, that's just the way it goes. I think definitely at least half of that mm. to 80% of yeah. it is the spirit of it. Yeah. You know, but some of it's just technical stuff. Just little technical things that I wouldn't think about. I just, I just stand in front of my condenser and, you know, be like, all right, I got this. You know, no one telling me, yeah. like, try this or try this a different way. And not having the, the quality of microphones and the ability to capture yeah. the performance in a way that's like, yeah. Like, this album, the Anthony yeah. Mountain album, is the best I've ever sounded on a recording. Yeah. I think. And that's part of why I'm so excited about it. I feel like for the first time, I've really been able to capture myself. And can I tell you, and this is something just for me personally, Yeah. between Draculatron and Anthony the Mountain, you're really great at coming up with band names and band logos, because I love Thank both you. logos that you have for both bands a they're, lot. They're magic. Um, <laughs> they're pretty the great. The Anthony and the Mountain one, uh, I did. A friend of mine helped yeah. me like, put that together. Uh, and then the Draculatron one, I just, I love something... That is simple. Yeah. But is really impactful. Yeah. Well, you can, when you have simplicity, it's easier to have that little strikingness to it. I mm -hmm. think it's, it's nice and clean, yeah. but it's not boring. It's got enough subtlety to it where the cleanliness is part of the, the image. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, and absolutely. Like, okay. And also, when you have a long band name, yeah. Try putting that on a button <laughs> or yeah. like a sticker. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, Dracula Tron. Is not gonna the, look the same way as like, it's the best band name I've ever heard. I, I've said you. that I've said really? that for years behind the thing that I, I'm jealous that Draculatron is a band name that someone I know has and not something that I can pretend I didn't know about and steal. So it's like <laughs> whenever I hear it now, okay. it's it's strange to oh, me. It's so good. Like it's like because when I came up with it originally, yeah. it was like supposed to be the name of a character. Yeah. And it was this whole other thing. It had an <laughs> underscore in it, and hmm. when I took the underscore out, I, now I I hear it and I look at it. It just sounds like this like foreign word like it doesn't <laughs> what i hear it i don't i don't have a uh an image of anything you know and See, it's just like a cipher it's like a nothing i think for me something about the word dracula in general makes me laugh mm -hmm. i don't know why i just think dracula makes me laugh yeah in general. I don't it's know. ridiculous uh Anthony, i want to get into some lightning round questions yeah, very quickly right. here uh this is the same questions we ask everybody who's been on the show for the last few weeks right. first question how do you take your coffee in the morning black Black coffee in the morning. Excellent. You're uh, you're starting to fill up that black coffee column. For a while, we had a lot of people who were not really? doing black coffee. No, I can't drink it any other way. Very good. Uh, what was your first car? Subaru. Subaru. Uh, Subaru Impreza. Oh, were you like a dirt? Were you like a, a dirt racer guy? Like, were you like into oh, rally no, racing? No, it was a gift. <laughs> oh, the gift. Not even a gift. It was a hand me down. So, in your Subaru Impreza, yeah. where did you take that Subaru Impreza to go see your first concert? It's a tough one. Oh, well, a concert I drove myself to. Well, in, it, what was your first car. concert? In my general? first concert was Tori Amos at uh, Radio City Music Hall. Wow, Radio City. It was yeah. the first concert you ever saw? Yeah, right. No, I went with my dad. Awesome. Uh, it, it was like 2003. Mm. It was the first show I'd ever yeah. seen like live. That's a great venue that I've only been to. I'd only been to it once. I went to see the, the Christmas holiday spectacular mm. with my mom a couple years ago, and I was... I didn't give it enough credit. Like, I was like, oh, Radio City Music Hall, we're going to yeah. go see the Rockettes. No, it was it's, it was amazing. It's a lot different from standing in, like, someone's basement. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? it's yeah. unreal. 
give me something else. Uh, give me something else you're passionate about besides music. Uh, uh, I paint. Really? Yeah, I'm a painter. What's your... recent development? Past mm. couple of years, I kind of took it up. You got a uh, like a acrylics, acrylics just like uh, abstracts. I love it. Mm. You know, I do it because it feels good. That's how I think about it. So that's that's cool. Painting is one that I've never. I like to draw. I like to write. Mm-hmm. I like to do. Uh, I'm a video game nerd too. But like me too. I, somewhere along the way, painting fascinates me. But I've never. I, I don't know where to start. I yeah. think I have no. Co- I watch Bob Ross sometimes. I'm like, I feel like I can do this, and then I'm like, No, I can't. He's a legend. You know, you just. Uh. I just picked, I, I went to the store, I bought a canvas, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this, and I just, it's, when I say it feels good, when I mean, it just, it just physically, mm. it just feels nice to do yeah. it, and that's why I do it, and I don't mm. do it a lot, but I come back to it every so often, mm. and it's just like a, it's like a catharsis that isn't super cerebral for me, mm-hmm. where music I have to think a lot, Yeah, you know, this is just something I don't have to think about. And uh, last one, give me one book, album, or movie you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Uh, oh, what am I reading, listening to, or watching? Uh, <laughs> it's tough. You can do TV shows as well. A lot of people do I TV just, shows. I just finished Dune, like, an hour ago. Like, the, the book? The book. Really? Yeah. Wow. I just finished my first first time. <laughs> um, it's excellent. I get it. You know, I understand why people are, you know, Did you watch the movie, too? No, no. I was I, mm. I, I I had every intention of reading the book before I bothered with the movie, and I love David Lynch. I would so. say you seem like a David Lynch yeah. guy. I'm a big I David Lynch like, guy. I was like, I'll wait. I want to actually yeah. read it first, and it was great. It's really mm. great. Mm. Um, Dude, wow, that's a classic. Right? No one ever talks about classics no, on this show. You know, like it's. <laughs> I feel like I play. I'm always playing catch up with media. Yeah. Sometimes, mm. like there's things oh, that yeah. I've missed, or there are albums I have never heard, or books mm. I've never read. Oh yeah, that I know I'd love. You just miss them sometimes. I, I get sometimes I get offended when people like I remember for a long time people would be like, "You never saw the Big Lebowski." I'm like, "Look, sometimes <laughs> you just miss stuff. Yeah, like, it yeah. just happens, right? Like I have a life. I didn't have a time in like the last ten years where I was like, you know, what I really need to do is catch up on the Big Lebowski. Right, right. And then by the time I saw it, it was fine. I guess there's no way the expectation was going to be as good as whatever one played up to be. So like people talk to me about Game of Thrones like it's the end of the world. I, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll catch it in like two years when it's all over. And I've I haven't seen any of it. I got sucked into Stranger Things because everyone oh, yeah because everyone's Loved everyone was talking about it. But Game of Thrones is the one that people will like stop me at work. You don't watch Game of Thrones. I'm like <laughs> I just I'm sorry I don't I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, oh. uh, Anthony in the Mountain at uh, dot bandcamp.com, yep. uh, Draculatron.bandcamp.com. Uh, you're on Twitter too, Draculatron? No. No? No. I don't think so. Facebook? You're on Facebook. Facebook. I was on Facebook yes, earlier. Yes. Uh, Anthony, listen, it's a real pleasure yeah, to have you on you. the show. I appreciate it. September 10th at the Dev with Twin Speak, Substance, and Murder Dream. Check out Draculatron, one of the best live shows you'll see in this region. I guarantee it. Uh, and we'll be back with the podcast in just a minute. You're very welcome, sir. <laughs>
Thanks again to Anthony Bianco. Uh, go to Draculatron.bandcamp.com. And if you guys have never seen Draculatron, go to a Draculatron yeah, show. Right? Awesome. Just go to they're a so show. Cool. I've always been uh, so jealous of that band name. I told him that. I, <laughs> yeah, I told him on the air. He didn't been. He didn't believe me, but I was like, no, we've been talking about how Draculatron For is the years. best band name years. I've ever heard. Uh, that song was from their 2013 release, We Transform, which you can get uh, online for free. Again, Draculatron.bandcamp.com. Uh, that track was called Margaret. I like that one. And also, it's uh, one of the shorter ones, so the podcast doesn't go like two hours long. We go long when the three of us get on here, it seems like. Yeah, uh, me and. Uh, Says the kid who came in for taping this week with like a 40 minute interview already in the bag. Yeah, right. Hey, be brief, guys. Uh, Chance and Kathy over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, you know, uh, of all the people who've been on the show, I think me and Anthony were surprised to find out how much we related to each other, whether it was growing up in a musical theater background or growing up like divorced parents or growing up in this neighborhood and having brothers and sisters. And it's like. We had a lot more in common than I probably gave us credit for. And it's been a long time since I've seen him. You know, we, we were in musical theater together. We were in a play together in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was called uh, Sweet Charity. Look that one up, folks. I was uh, I played a Lothario-type character, movie hey. star. Yeah, yeah. His, his, name was, uh, his name was Vittorio. So playing against type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, uh, his name was Vittorio Vidal. And they didn't really give a specific, like... Accent? Yeah. So I just did like this accent, like Antonio Banderas. Nice. It's all I could do the whole time. You still haven't broken character. No, it's been the same for <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Vittorio Vidal. It's a good play. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have never seen Dracula Tron, though, really, you should come down September 10th, downtown Get Down. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially, it got me thinking about it last night because did you guys know that the Video Music Awards were last night? The MTV Video Music Awards? I had no idea. I was busy doing anything else. <laughs> Any- yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that, and I think that's a fair reaction. Uh, but I, it, I read a lot of stuff about the VMAs today, and it did get me thinking about how it used to be a big deal. 
Yeah. Like, do you remember like yeah. a lot of cool stuff when happened? you're when you're young though? But did we age like, out? Did yes. we just we just aged no, out no. though? It's still a big deal. I think MTV. Listen aged to Principal out. Skin over here. No, no, it's yeah. the children that are wrong. <laughs> no, no, I think I think MTV is phased out. I think the problem is that MTV used to be like counterculture television ish, not re- not the way that they wanted to be like when they first started, but like they were. They were a little more willing to do interesting stuff with celebrities back in 2000. They still, they still are, though. They're just not celebrities that we care about. Let's do a poll. When's the last time we watched MTV? I don't have cable. When's the last time I had cable? Probably well, before I'm then. just saying. You know, they like, might not be the... When have I gone out of my way to look for MTV broad, like branded content? Yeah. It's been decades. I watched... Yeah. The, I, I actually remember the last time that I watched the VMAs because it wasn't that long ago. Uh, the VMAs, I caught myself on a Sunday night and the VMAs were on or whatever the hell night it was. And it was the year that everybody got up in arms about Miley Cyrus dancing with Robin Thicke and like, you know, like being out there and like porn gear and stuff like that. And I remember I watched it because that's one of those events where if people are watching it and all on Twitter at the same time, like a bunch of your friends, it's a lot of fun. So I remember like live tweeting and mouthing off. But I remember even watching it and a lot of it, I'm like, man... I don't, none of this does anything for me, but I would imagine if I was a 16-year-old kid, I would probably like it just the way I liked it when I was a 16-year-old kid, and I was like, oh, holy shit, Limp Biscuits playing, this is gonna be great. But you know what I mean? It's the same thing, like, and when our parents probably watched it back then, they probably thought it was crap, because it probably was. Generally, the stuff that the 16-year-olds are into is almost always crap. What I think of when I think of the VMAs was probably Britney Spears with the snake. Right? She had the big snake on her shoulders. No, the year before when she tore off that suit. Yes. Wearing that, like, tan skin bodysuit. We need more Britney. Well, this year, actually, I I did do some research on this. Last night was the first time she'd performed on the VMAs in nine years. Stop, I missed it. Apparently, Uh. she was good. But here's the thing. Me and Kevin happened to watch... Britney Spears on uh, YouTube videos, James Corden or something, she was doing carpool karaoke. Yeah, carpool karaoke. Britney Spears sort of falls in that weird Will Smith, like Tom Cruise area of celebrity where I can't, it doesn't seem like they're a real person anymore. Really? Yeah, like she, I feel like if you sat down. Notice something you said about those three people though. Those are all three people who have been under a really large microscope of fame for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's it's got to be impossible to stay a genuine person with the public yeah. when you've been. I mean, because you're talking about people that have been hugely famous for long, long yeah. periods of time. I mean, Tom Cruise has been a household name since you know as long as I've been alive, mm-hmm. pretty much. And even Will Smith is the most famous guy on the planet for you know decades running. And Britney Spears too. I think it's got to be impossible to stay genuine or not develop some sort of like we talked about at the beginning of the show. When you're on, you're just on. You're playing the character. You're on eleven and a half. Yeah. You know what I mean. I think it's got to be impossible to turn that off at a certain point when yeah, you're somebody like that. See, I I think about it from my perspective. And again, I have I'm just local nobody, same family Laro. If I were in a position like Will Smith, where I don't have to do anything I don't want to do anymore, I'm probably just chilling all the time. Every interview I go, every place I go, talk to, it's like, yeah, Fresh Prince was great. I got those residuals, <laughs> Independence yeah. Day, making that money. Like it's fine. If things if, are, if I mean, that's the choice you make, yeah. but these people are trying to maintain a brand. Yeah, I guess you know that's what I mean. Fair. Especially somebody like Britney Spears is trying to maintain a brand, so you have to put on a very careful, but isn't cultivated wh- image. Isn't whatever you do part of your brand? Like, isn't just you being you the brand? Right, but I'm saying, but like I'm saying, when you actually have a right. brand that employs people, and like you have a team of people, and you know you're teaming up with, you've got different uh, sponsorships, endorsements, you're teaming up with other companies and corporations. You are kind of beholden to people, and the mm. character that you play in the public eye becomes. 
on extension of the brain that you don't have 100% autonomy over if you make the choice to live like that. And so for every Britney Spears, you know, or Will Smith, there's somebody out there who's like, eh, screw it. I don't want to make, you know, $500 million over my life. I'm super comfortable with this 70 that I have. Most people are probably happier in the long run, you might think. Where does VMA rank on list of awards you would like to receive? Number one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, I would take almost, like... There's do sports awards count? Any award, man. Like, I'm any saying... Award. that Nickelodeon joint. I would rather take a Teen Choice Award. At least those... That's on the pulse of what the kids like. At, least the, teens, at least the teens have made a choice. The teens um, have made a choice. <laughs> I, well, I would have to say for awards that I would like to receive, um, I mean, obviously, Nobel Peace Prize would be number one. That would be tight. That would be... T- which, which ones can I parlay into the most side hustle money? Uh, Tony is pretty hard to get. It's pretty random to you get can't, a Tony. You don't know. That's like the opposite. Of like the, you can't parlay a Tony. MacArthur Genius Grant. Like MacArthur Genius yeah. Grant is, is tight. Yeah. Is that technically an award? It's a grant. Do, are we count I would say that's an award. I I don't know, but I, you, not a lot of people get them, and you get a boatload of money to do some thinking. So that's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. What's that award you get where Ed McMahon shows up to your house with the check? Published clearing that's, that's a scam. I think that's pub. Okay. Right? Isn't that what it was? Publishers Clearinghouse? I think you but it's like the at, your, at your house. Does like the lottery count as an award? No, 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 no that's not an award. It has to just be given no, to you. No, an award has to be earned for something you've done for your prowess. Uh, so I think at the end of the day, what I would really want, if we're, and if we're talking awards, I don't know if this is the World Cup, right? That's what I want. That's, that's not an award. That's not an award. It's that's not an award. You competed so, for that. Okay, so. You played a game for that. That doesn't mm-hmm. count. An award is when somebody sees what you've done and they're like, we're going to give this award to this guy because of what he's done. Mm. So you can't like win it or lose it. You can't earn it. You can't score the most points so you get it. That's not an award. That's a trophy. That's different. Uh, employee of the month is what I would like. That's a good one. Employee of the month? Yeah, just anywhere. Right, so I'd just like the Nobel job. Peace Prize. Cliff would like the <laughs> MacArthur Genius Grant. Sam would like the Employee, employee of the, of the month. month. It's about hey, which one of us are going to get ours first. It's about small <laughs> things. Incremental changes every day. Just help someone else out. Uh, speaking of award shows, Emmy nominations came out this week. Um, yeah, Emmy nominations are out. Uh, I don't want to get too heavy into this because I don't know if I care that much. No. I did think Which it was... that? That's the TV that's one. The TV uh, but I thought there. it was interesting that a lot of Netflix, HBO, and FX shows nice. were getting nominations this yeah. year. Didn't, you know, I'm sure that there's your subsequent NBC, CBS shows. Just buys into the thing we've been talking about for years that... Netflix and the new form of television is dominating what used to be like a four-channel right. television industry, and it makes me happy. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if we get to a time with Netflix, because Netflix keeps making stuff, and they're making different kinds of content, and you know they're poaching viewers all the time. I had a conversation with um, a colleague of mine, somebody that I work with, who's uh, he's higher up in the company, um, he's got relatively traditional life, you know what I mean? He's married, he's got mm. some kids, this and that, and he's like you know mid-30s, and we were talking, he's like, hey, you know, I cut the cord. For cable yeah. the other day. And it was, you know, this, is, this isn't like, you know, it's not like living in renegade pirate ship, Utica, Spain, <laughs> Utica headquarters lifestyle. This is a guy who's like, yeah, I cut the cord. Like, if my kids, you know, want to watch Nick Jr. or whatever, that's not going to be on. That's stuff like that. And going through the, you know, the idea of what it's like to cut the cord and not have that cable. And I think it's interesting because, like, there's all these shows I never knew about. Netflix has got their own shows and different stuff. Yeah. We might get to a point, because Netflix doesn't seem to have any real direct competitors... I feel like we may get to a point where Netflix almost monopolizes the market in some ways for the shows that people watch and the content they take in, which is really interesting, like, post-cable world to be working our way towards. This isn't really a hot take, but I think that Netflix is the new HBO, right? Netflix presents the opportunity for filmmakers and creative types to do what they want to do at their own, like, pace and time. The way that HBO used to in an era when television was smaller and more insular and... 
and almost more important, right? TV's less important now than it probably ever was, I feel like. Mm-hmm. However, I did go online, and uh, it seems like the big online debate about TV is like, is TV better than the movies, or movies better than TV? I went back and forth. There's about 15,000 articles I found on Google about this. Uh, I don't know what side you guys fall on. I still think, at the end of the day, I like to watch a movie in the theaters. Like, I love... TV's gotten better. There's a lot of things I like about TV, but something about watching a large movie in a room with that sound system, with, like, the the enjoyment of watching something with people around you in a large scale is interesting. In, in today's, you know, hot take culture that we live in, where everybody wants to put up these articles, this goes big, is this better than this? Is this better than yeah. this? Like you were saying... I feel like that's almost an unquantifiable thing. It's like if you would ask, what's better, pizza or tacos? Well, sometimes I want pizza, sometimes I want tacos. Yeah. Sometimes I want that great TV show I can watch a season of. Sometimes I want to go to the theater and watch yeah. Deadpool. And it's just sort of, it's nice to have so many options. Yeah. We live in, with an embarrassment of riches as far as, you know, things to yeah. turn off our brain and watch. It's true. Then we get mad when people are distracted because <clears throat> we are constantly distracted by, <laughs> by everything around us. Um, I have one more sad news story that I found out literally just before we were doing this article. Do you guys know that Gene Wilder died today? Oh. Uh, can I tell you, I'm sad. A lot of people, you know, a lot of famous people die, and it, and it is what it is. People die. It's life, right? Amen. Mr. Fuji died earlier this week, uh, which we did, I was going to talk about before this. I was going to make some sort of salt-throwing joke. Yeah, pretty niche. Gene Wilder, though, got me, though, because Gene Wilder passed away at the age of 83. Uh most famous for, obviously, Blazing Saddles, uh, Young Frankenstein, Willy Wonka, obviously, Willy I, Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I like how they said most famous for... Well, those are like... Uh, all these other movies I know deep. for sure, and then Willy Wonka. Yeah. Um, no, like, can I tell you that I feel like... This is, this is a weird take. I always liked Gene Wilder as a kid, because I, I loved Willy Wonka. I must have watched it a thousand times, and I loved Young Frankenstein. My mom was a big fan of that movie. My dad really liked it. Um, Gene Wilder, I feel like, is an actor... He almost reminds me like a Don Mattingly type. Like he never got the the title, right? Like he was always a champion level. He's a great actor. If you really watch him, he's very intense. He's almost like hard to watch. He's super frantic and he's a really funny guy, but he's a very intense actor. And I just feel like he didn't win the big one. Even though like never, guess, he never got enough respect is what you're trying to say. Like yeah. Willy Wonka's the role, that's his number one, right? That's what people will go down and think about oh, Gene yeah, Wilder for sure. forever. Oh yeah, he was Willy Wonka. That's what you'll see on every like newscast, everything you see. You'll see Willy Wonka in every single byline you see written by him for the rest of the week. Yeah. If from, you, oh, go ahead. If you think back on it too, like you probably have really good memories of Willy Wonka, but like if you go back through and watch it, like there's a lot of complex acting in there. Like he's nuanced. A, yeah. 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 <laughs> nuanced. He is a strange man. Go watch. Uh, go it was watch. really great. Go watch Young Frankenstein because it still holds up. Young yeah. Frankenstein is still hilarious. Yeah. See, I actually, I've been, I thought Gene Wilder's been dead for decades. No, I have no idea. He's not a bad day for you then. I mean, yeah. I, you haven't, he hasn't been anywhere. Nah. I can't remember the last time he like was in anything or did good anything at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever, you know. And also, I wanted to just throw this out there. This is a really weird, uh, this is how you know I'm a Gene Wilder fan. And my mom really liked him. So in 1994, Gene Wilder had a TV sitcom on NBC. It was called Something Wilder. Are you familiar with this? No. Okay. So Gene, <laughs> the premise of the show is that Gene Wilder is 50, his wife is 30, and they're raising kids. And the joke is, oh, the generation gap between the 50-year-old husband and the 30-year-old wife. And I just feel like in the back of my head, like that was just Gene Wilder's pitch to be like, yeah, can you get me like a really young, attractive female actress to play my wife? Can I get one of those 902 or old girls as my TV wife? Apparently they originally 
uh, hired Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing fame, but uh, test audiences found the age difference to be unsettling, so they went back and got an older actress. Isn't it interesting how fast times have changed for stuff that's like stuff, <laughs> unsettling. stuff we wouldn't even blink an eye at on TV today back then used to be like, oh, we can't show this. We can't show a 20-year age gap between a man and a woman. That's crazy. Um, Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Yeah. I know. Now he's like, yeah. 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 Which is the funniest part of that show to me. Is yeah, that he's married absolutely. To that uh, guys, uh, thanks for uh, joining us again this week. You can follow everybody on Twitter. Follow, uh, you got a new Twitter handle, didn't you? How do you know? Because you followed me on Twitter. Did I really? I You're the you... only person. Uh, That's the only so person? funny. Yeah, I got one click in and then I gave up immediately. Wow. Yeah, so... yeah. No, I will though. I will have a new. Is yeah. it actually, was it? It's actually Cliff. At actually Cliff yeah. on Twitter. Ooh, I like yeah. That. That's yeah. good. Yeah, the real Cliff just seemed like a little bit too passe. So I just, real yeah, Cliff. I was like, actually Cliff. Like, it should have been real big Cliff, like the band Real Big Fish. Real big Cliff would have been. Pretty I don't cool. know if I can live up to that reputation. Uh, cliffhanger. <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, follow Kevin on Twitter uh, underscore Kevin Sullivan. Uh, you follow almost me. never tweet. Almost never tweet. Almost yeah. never tweet. Every follow- once in a while, I get hot for like a week. <laughs> And then I forget about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you follow me on Twitter, SFDoom. Uh, subscribe to the show. Leave us a comment. iTunes, SoundCloud, Uticast.com. Send us an email, Uticast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, folks, for listening, and we will uh, we will see you next week. Yeah? Going exclusive. Uh, exclusive. Uh, Twitter only. Twitter. Yeah. I'm committing. <laughs> committing to Twitter. <laughs>